All right, but we, we can start with maybe a, a brief update um, uh, on what, what the DAO is, is up to, uh, and then we can open it for questions or any further updates uh, from your end, uh, uh, Publius. I may not cover everything, so you know if I miss if I miss anything, uh, uh, please you know, add, add to it. Uh, but but briefly, this is what the DAO is up to right now um, after the boundaries uh, um, has started as as ongoing. Uh, so most of the team now is busy with the audits, uh, and the idea is for us to finalize the audits uh, in order to uh, restart or resume uh, being stuck as soon as possible. And in the meanwhile, other things that the team uh, is working on is uh, the second version of the Pod Marketplace. Uh, uh, getting up the subgraphs uh, up and ready. Uh, the ops team are working on on the Q3 budget, uh, so you know, getting ready, getting a feel a bit on you know what what Beanstalk Farms is gonna look like uh, or how are they gonna operate uh, moving forward. Uh, we're updating the GitBook, uh, the white paper as well. Uh, work, working also on the NFTs, and then finally a few blog posts, which are going to be a mixture of guides and some thought articles. Um, I might have missed a few things. Uh, maybe if you wanna, if you wanna add it, uh, do so. But otherwise, more or less, this is what Beanstalk Farms uh, is currently uh, working on. Right. Did you wanna add anything, uh, Publius? Or, for example, the the Beanstalk Dex is this something that we're currently working on, or not yet? Well, so there's lots of different stuff going on. Uh, if I recall correctly, Beasley had been starting to do some preliminary work on the Beanstalk decks, uh, although that's a project that's expected to take uh, a not insignificant amount of time, meaning it won't be uh, finished tomorrow, let's call it. Uh, but that, that's also going on. Uh, in general, you know, it's funny, these DAO meetings prior to the attack used to be an opportunity for everyone who was working on individual stuff to hop up here and kind of talk about what they were working on. Not sure exactly how we should continue to use this format at the moment, given the nature of things, but maybe if there's stuff that people do want to hop up here and talk about or that's on their mind, th this is a good uh, forum or opportunity to do so. I think we're all collectively trying to figure out how to best use these, these, these different times now that uh, things have changed a little bit substantively. Correct. Um, and also the other time is a different timing uh, where we did, we did this one earlier just, you know, to see uh, those who are in different time zones if, if this is a better time uh, for them. But as you have correctly said, uh, the DAO meetings were uh, for, the, for the DAO members to share, you know, what, what kind of work uh, uh, they're working on, uh, which I just gave a summary of. But of course, uh, I see some of the team members here if they want to come up and, you know, uh, speak in depth of what they're uh, they're working on. Feel free to do so. Um, otherwise, we can open it for questions. Yeah, hey guys, if it's okay. I can talk through a couple things that we're looking at really quickly on the uh, the community front and stuff like that. Um, so one uh, we did drop yesterday, uh, really quick on the NFT front. Uh, so just to zoom out, as Publius mentioned for everyone in the audience, uh, going forward, we'll continue to have these geared a little bit more towards entirely towards like what we're actually tackling on the DAO um, to just continue to give transparency to the community of, you know, what the different leads are, are going through uh, across marketing, community, um, um, BD, et cetera. Um, but on the community front itself, just to give a little update, we dropped the poll yesterday in terms of one of the two design routes that we're going to go uh, with the NFTs. So if you haven't popped into that poll, uh, feel, feel free to just get back into it. We're going to keep it live for another 24 hours. 
Um, as mentioned in that in that message that went out, it's not going to slow down any of the timelines. Um, a lot of excitement behind getting those NFTs in your wallet. Um, and so as soon as we, we get that design selected, we'll continue to push through the attribute creation, the collection creation, et cetera. Um, and then just to provide the level set expectations, um, a lot of the engineering effort uh, that's going in right now is, as everyone can expect and should expect, is focused on getting um, you know the replant up and going. Um, so we'll continue to aim to get these NFTs to post um, on pause slash replant, uh, not, not in advance of that. Um, so that's a big piece on the community front. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we're continuing to build out a lot of the community management side. So we've got a pretty strong um, team that's helping with a lot of translation in the Chinese team um, and doing a little bit in terms of the, the Spanish team. Um, but we'll continue to build those out over time. <clears throat> And those are kind of like the, the key updates that we're doing on the community front. Uh, there also has been conversation about running another tournament sometime soon, uh, a little premature, but I will continue to give you guys uh, an update as soon as we can get something out uh, to run pre like the previous poker tournament. Thank you, uh, JDubs. Okay, Publius, I'm going to ask you a few uh, questions on, 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 on the updates uh, that we were talking about, and maybe you can briefly you know, share, share some info on that. When it comes to the audit, uh, uh, from the audits, have there any, 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 any things to share, any findings that have happened there uh, so far? So not sure if Publius is at a mic and wants to come up uh, and give any content on their you know, regular interactions with the auditors as they've been the main primary co point of content c contact. Give them one sec. Hey, yeah, so just to quickly update on that, um, you know, some some back and forth with Halborn, um, you know, they're slowly working their way through the contracts, you know, mostly just answering, you know, questions they have, um, nothing too substantive that they've, you know, discovered so far. Uh, and, you know, so that's all been going smoothly, you know, trail of bits kicked off Monday. They're now three days in, um, you know, have also just been kind of asking questions, working your way around the contracts and, um, you know, uh, it seems like it's going well as well. And, you know, they're definitely doing a good job of being thorough and, you know, really trying to break this thing down, uh, which is really awesome to see. And, you know, hopefully we get a good report delivered from both of them. So, you know, everything's going well and super excited about them. Great, glad glad to hear it's a smooth uh, audit. All right, then with the with the second version of the pod marketplace, um, is the only update going to be to account for you know unripe and ripe and beans and so off, or can we expect new features and and the new pod marketplace? The the new pod marketplace will not feature unripe beans at all. Uh, the, like unripe beans, you know, as of now, there's no plan to include them in the, the new pod marketplace. What I believe the new pod marketplace will include is the ability to create orders and listings along sort of price functions. So instead of basically saying, I'm willing to buy any pod at 100 million in line, uh, you know, kind of for 60 cents, I can now say, I'm willing to buy any pod along this pricing curve. Or if I list a plot, I can basically say, here is kind of the price, the pricing function I want as my plot gets closer to harvesting. So I only have to create one listing. And, you know, as more pods are harvested and my plot becomes more attractive, the price of it goes up as well. Um, as of now, that's the only kind of uh, addition that we plan to add in the next pod marketplace, but would refer to, you know, Beanjoyer or Maltese 
uh, to speak on that a little bit more. Neither of them seem to be here, but they're the ones kind of leading the charge there. Yeah, that, that, that's a substantial uh, update, um, uh, I think. All right, I've also heard about the ability to transfer deposits. Is this something uh, that will, will be there when, when we relaunch? Yeah, so there have been a couple of uh, additional features that have been included in the audit that uh, ultimately need to be voted on via a BIP prior to the restart to be included in Beanstalk. Uh, and the concept is that transferable deposits is one of those features. So uh, Austin is working on writing stuff up as, as am I on uh, more formal, like a, I guess a BIP, uh, to detail the transferable deposits change as well as uh, I believe it's two other minor changes that are uh, minor but significant improvements to the model. One is adding a multiplier to the soil supply such that the pod line can decrease uh, when there's excess demand for beans and soil uh, instead of saying the same length. This has been a much debated uh, topic in the DAO and so this functionality was also included for audit. And then the third thing is the in convert. Uh, this is something that's also been talked about extensively. There is some friction in the current model around converting deposited LP to deposited beans in the case that there was a decrease in the bean denominated value of your deposits because of uh, impermanent loss in the pools. And the concept would be to minimize any of that friction by making the uh, new stock, uh, once you convert back to beans, uh, the maximum of the BDV before and after, such that there's no there's no loss of stock due to impermanent loss, if that makes sense. So those would be the three changes. Transferable deposits is one of them. Great. Uh, and yes, that makes sense. The, these are things that we've been discussing um, in the past few weeks. Um, but if anyone in the audience uh, is unclear about any of them, please feel free to ask. Um, will we only be able to transfer deposits that are in the silo, or will we also be able to transfer? Uh, I guess there is a pod marketplace as well, but can we can we just like transfer our our pods to another wallet um, natively? So pod transferability has been live, if I recall correctly, since uh, since launch, uh, and the concept is this this functionality will now be extended to silo assets as well. Okay. Uh, and when you say the pods, we could do that. Um, was it was it there on the app, or you know, we could do it? I believe so. There was a. It, it's just classic. The website might not have been the the easiest to use, but there was a transfer tab in the field section, if I recall correctly. All right. Okay. Let's let's talk a little bit about the subgraphs. Um, what are we doing there, and what can we expect uh, from them? So a, uh, a number of events are going to be changing in Beanstalk. Um, you know, we've kind of taken this opportunity to clean up, you know, the Beanstalk kind of schema and update it to be, you know, include everything that, you know, we kind of wish was there from the beginning. Um, some examples of this are, you know, stock, seed, root, balances. Um, you know, there was no events for these things before, and we were kind of 
trying to you know force people who want to cre- create time series data on this to kind of completely back solve it solve it from the deposit events themselves now we're just adding these you know uh you receive stock you receive seed events w- which will make it a lot easier for things like the subgraph and dune to index these kind of balances you know historically for users uh in addition to this you know we're kind of wrapping up the the pre-existing subgraph you know the first iteration of the subgraph was made kind of strictly with you know time series data on a kind of beanstalk protocol level uh you know perspective to where you know it was built to support like the total supply over time the price over time the bean deposits over time etc now we're really focusing on getting users account balances correct and then eventually building that into time series data which will allow the website to directly load from pulling uh you know the deposits and plots from the subgraph as opposed to having to go that on chain and hoping to speed up the load time of the website drastically with that um you know i think cujo was here in the audience you know he's helping out with that and eth wallet um, so super excited for what's to come there. Will we also be using it uh, for the analytics? Are we going to have an analytics uh, page on our website or are we, we're going to use Dune for, for that? I think the plan is to still have an analytics page on the website. Um, you know, Sweet Red Beans, Silo Chad, Cool Beans and the front end team are kind of leading the charge there. Uh, but, you know, I think the plan is to still have a full analytics page and, you know, with the subgraph, the focus will mainly be on, you know, supporting the UI to optimize around loading the website first. And then secondly, analytics, just time series analytics are a little bit more complicated to compute from the subgraph side. So, you know, the, the thought is let's get the basics right and then start to build into more complex time series data. But the existing subgraph with all the data points we've already had and always had kind of on the chart section of the website will always be there or available on the subgraph. Thank you for for clarifying that. Um, We have a few questions. Uh, Maybe I can start with with Harry's question, which is, have Trail of Bits provided guidance on when will the audit be complete? Well, the latest guidance we have from them is that the scheduled audit ends on June 27th. And then it's 10 business days from then until we should have the final report for them. So there is likely, you know, some communication in those 10 days where the real question will ultimately come down to how much needs to get changed. And so if it's minor changes, it's likely that around that 10-day period, that's where we get to the early July uh, potential launch. But if there are problems, that could then push things back a little bit. So the timeline from Trail of Bits is June 27th is when the audit should be complete. And then there's like a 10-day period where they'll be producing content and information for everyone uh, in the form of a report. And beyond that, uh, you know, unclear on the the day-to-day how all of that will go down. Uh, Understood. But tentatively speaking, we're talking about um, June 27 uh, and then 10 days from there uh, until we get the final report. Uh, A question from Guilfoyle asking, is there going to be a notice period uh, on when we're going to replant or unpause? There would have to be a vote from the DAO to, to replant Beanstalk. So whenever the audit is complete and everything is done, there would have to be a vote. All right. No one's going to just be able to turn it back on. Yeah. Syncubate uh, is asking a question. I'm not sure if I understood that. Maybe, Publius, you mentioned root balance somewhere, and he's asking what is root balance? So Beanstalk uses a style, an accounting system very similar to an interest-bearing token for the silo. And 
the way these kind of accounting system works is there's two tokens. There's the underlying token and the shares token, with the idea being that every time you interact with you know, this, this type of token, you either increment or decrement your balance of shares. You receive shares in exchange for underlying. And the idea being that on a total systematic level, we can increment the underlying token balance without changing the shares balance. And the thought is you can redeem the shares for your pro rata portion of the underlying balance. And this is what allows us to kind of increment people's balances over time without forcing the user to you know, update their balances themselves. So the silo uses a system similar to this where roots are an internal accounting variable which represent their kind of shares, the fixed amount of the overall kind of pool that is owned. And that pool is the stock pool. So we have this full pool of stock and each user has a roots balance that represents their pro rata share of stock. So when we mint new beans, we create farmable stock and we're able to add stock to the pool, which essentially, well, the, the user's roots are kept fixed, which essentially means they've gained stock because now each root they own is entitled to a larger number of stock. As the total amount of stock is increased, well, the roots have stayed constant. And Beanstalk basically looks at the delta every time you update your silo of, you know, kind of what is the amount of stock you should have based on your roots versus, you know, minus how much stock did you have last time you updated your balance to determine how many farmable beans and farmable stock you've earned. So it's just an internal accounting variable, which is the, you know, pretty much on a pro rata portion is exact same as your stock because your stock balance uses roots to calculate the number of farmable beans you have. Thank you, Publius, and think if, uh, if that wasn't clear, you can follow up with, with a question. Um, Excel had asked, uh, what's our PR strategy? Uh, if you know any of the media uh, or publications that covered uh, the exploit, uh, if they're looking at the boundaries? Uh, and the answer is yes. Uh, we, we, we continuously and constantly reach out to them. So we did that uh, before the boundaries uh, started, when the boundaries st uh, uh, started and as is uh, going. And we will continue to do that when, when Beanstalk uh, uh, relaunches. Coindesk uh, picked up a story and they covered it. Uh, and, and, and the idea uh, or the plan for us or the strategy for us is to you know, continue uh, um, updating uh, the media, let's say, throughout the boundaries uh, itself and then as, as Beanstalk relaunches as well. Uh, Brian or Brian is asking, you know, explain it to me like on five farmer stock divided by farmer root equal total stock divided by total root. I think he is explaining it like right, right, right. number yes, five, yes. just giving the formula. Yeah. Okay, sync. Yeah, sync was just also commenting on that answer. Okay, we can we can also have anyone up uh, on the stage if you want to have you know a direct conversation or ask ask your question uh, directly. Otherwise, feel free to drop them in the town hall chat.
<laughs> Brian is asking, what, what are your guys' favorite foods? Oh, um, we eat beans. Come on. Yeah. I was, I was going to say fried chicken, but, you know, with a side of beans. We go to Chipotle and get a burrito with no, no shell, just beans. <laughs> That's the way to go. Guilford asks, um, will the fertilizer NFTs be tradable? Uh, then the new address for the receive bean mints. I-, I will let you answer that, uh, Publius. So in theory, they will be, uh, but they there won't be a secondary market for them that easily supports it. But if you transfer them, for example, that that would be accounted for by the system. So yeah, uh, to echo Publius's point, you know, kind of when you transfer the NFT, it will automatically claim all claimable fertilized beans associated with that. And I guess it's not an NFT, it's 1155, with that 1155 that has not yet been claimed. And also just want to note that there, you know, you people can already go on OpenSea and, you know, put in orders, offers for the fertilizer. Like it's already tradable, it can already be bought. Uh, and you know, through the contract, it implements the 1155 standard. There's already a transfer function in there. All of this should already exist. So all of this should be possible. And you know, when you receive the token, is when it starts accounting the beamments for you. So if you were to send the fertilizer to someone else, you would have, you know, you would obviously get all the fertilized beans that have already been fertilized, and that wallet would get all unfertilized beans, which would eventually be fertilized going forward. But just to clarify on that, Publius, though, that will just be, to your point, that will just be for the 1155. The 721s, which will actually have, like, the the, NF, the bean NFT design that we're talking about, those will be entirely separate, correct? They won't have the 1155 attached to them? Correct. Yes. Right. Just making sure. All right, we are at the bottom of the of the chat. Let's give them two more minutes. Uh, once again, if you have any questions, drop it to the town hall chat, or you know, feel free to raise your hand, and we'll bring you up on stage. How is the white paper update going, Publius? Is it, is it taking a lot of brain power or? Well, it's, uh, the short answer is now that the code was submitted to Trail of Bits and is totally finalized as of June 6 on Monday, uh, we can officially start documenting it because otherwise it was still changing and it's too hard to try to write about a changing target or moving target. So the concept is, in fact, this morning, uh, we sat down and went through the list of everything that needs to change in the white paper, and the hope is now to kind of turn more attention to that. So it's worth noting that there was like a significantly improved version of the white paper already being worked on prior to the attack, uh, sort of like a 2.0 white paper. So the hope is to turn the these changes and... Uh, and reflect them in the newer version such that there's a 2.0 white paper uh, ready for publishing prior to restart.
see a few folks typing. JWW is asking if you guys are liking this timing uh, or this time uh, for the DAO meeting. So if you do, just you know, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you prefer the other the other timing. Um, Guilford asks any interest from press on our super successful race so far. Th there there are interests and and we ha they, we have had you know like the block they covered us before starting CoinDesk once again they covered us uh, before starting. I think some some of the media uh, they will be waiting you know for like bigger news uh, or they'll be waiting to take their time as well on or they choose when 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 to cover the story itself. Um, so from our end, we're maintaining the relationship. We you know we keep them updated, uh, and uh, and hopefully you know we'll see we'll see when that, there is interest uh, for the coverage. Alex asks, uh, are are we worried uh, about the proposed bill in Congress? And the stablecoin piece, the stablecoins must maintain a 100% reserve. Do you have a uh, comment? The only comment is that Beanstalk is designed to be totally resistant to regulation. So, therefore, if we were worried, that would mean there's, there's a problem with Beanstalk. But we're not worried. So, Yeah. And, and my understanding as well, uh, I understand it's, it's a draft and it's, it's not final, but... but from my understanding is that there will be, for you to be able to call something a certain name, it has to be, you know, filled with reserve, but there is no, nothing about, you know, that no one can do anything outside of that or that you can't have something that is not, uh, uh, that doesn't have reserves. But as, as Puglia said, anyways, Beanstalk is designed, you know, not, not to worry about uh, what happens outside of it. So I see Syncubate making a comment about the distinct, distinguishing Bean as a credit-based stablecoin and how that fits into the taxonomy of uh, stablecoins. You know, the the latest version of the white paper that was also going to reference Terra and Frax started to, to contain the notion of endogenous and exogenous collateral and just saw yesterday those terms floating around Twitter for the first time. So I think that there's definitely something to be said for uh, the language on classification of stable coins. And that's one of the things we've been spending, I'd say the most brain power on to date working on the white paper is trying to figure out what is the current state of stable coins and how to accurately represent them, which is not so easy to do. Alex followed up uh, with the earlier question um, and is like, uh, you know, resistant to regulation because you know it's censorship resistant, or it is because um, you know it legally cleared. Um, I think I think the answer to that is in general regulation is something that's developing in, in the world of crypto. Um, so it, it is because it's censorship resistant by design. It has to be the former. There's no such thing as legally cleared. That's bullshit. So it, is, <laughs> it doesn't exist in today's world. So the system is either resistant to censorship or not. And Beanstalk is designed to be resistant to censorship. It's worth noting that with the current governance structure, it's not as censorship resistant as the original Beanstalk. So uh, the hope is to, to turn more focus towards the governance mechanism going forward. But nonetheless, uh, Beanstalk is designed to be permissionless and censorship resistant from, from, from per first principles. Yeah. And I guess the, 
the censorship resistant bit is is the decentralization uh, point of it. So you know, Beanstalk does not have a point of uh, you know a centralized point or, or a point of failure, uh, as Publius uh, just uh, said that you know the new governance structure makes it less decentralized than what it was earlier. But what makes Beanstalk censorship resistant is just because it's decentralized. Excellent asks, uh, does the front end or where, where the site is hosted have any impact? Could that be stopped? Well, in theory, and in fact, this is one of the reasons why having an open source front end is incredibly important and uh, is one of the things we've been pushing for from Beanstalk Farms for a very long time. So uh, the hope would be to have an open source front end such that anyone could uh, host a front end or uh, run, run the front end locally and interact with Beanstalk uh, through through the UI without needing to have anything on a centrally hosted server. So we've also been trying to look into decentralized servers like Akash and other uh, other providers, uh, as well as potentially hosting this the website on Arweave such that there's no risk to censorship of the front end. But that's definitely that's definitely the the direction to head here. Alex um, follows up and says that censorship resistant uh, might be, you know, resistant but but illegal if if there is a law against it or put anything uh, on it like that. Uh, there there is, uh, I guess, truth to that, Alex. But this this applies to any anything anything in general uh, that can be, you know, uh, there, there can be laws uh, uh, or regulation uh, put to it. And and the same is, you know, not only on everything in crypto and maybe even outside of outside of crypto as well. Uh, so there is a point, but that point is applicable on, on everything else. And as of today, anyways, there is no, there is no, you know, clear regulation. Leo asks, uh, there was a six months roadmap a while ago. Is there going to be an updated one? Uh, there certainly should be. I uh, think that the next month or so will continue to be everyone working hard to get Beanstalk successfully uh, replanted. But shortly thereafter, the thought would be to, to try to put out some, some, some sort of forward-looking roadmap. Uh, in terms of timing, uh, maybe it would be like a one-year roadmap. So we're, we're already less than two months away from that. So I think that might be a, a realistic timeline for the next roadmap. Uh, short term, it's very clear what's happening. Or at least it should be as far. There's nothing that, that's happening that hasn't been discussed, you know? Alex fo uh, follows up with another question again. And, and the answer, Alex, is yes, it's, it's, it's decentralized or censorship resistant by design. So once again, it, it doesn't matter what happens outside of it. it what matters is what, what can stop Beanstalk itself from operating. And, and the answer is, you know, Ethereum, Ethereum uh, or the Ethereum network going down. But as long as it's live, Beanstalk is alive. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Publius. You're very much correct. See one more person typing, so we wait for that question. 
All right. So in the event that all fertilizer that is purchased is repealed, but not all outstanding fertilizer, does Beanstalk switch back to a 50-50 payout model? And what happens if a marginal additional fertilizer is purchased? Will it oscillate back and forth between one-third and, you know, 50-50? Exactly. That's exactly correct. And that's why you'd expect the fertilizer to continue to sell out. Because if there's no fertilizer receiving mints, then it's uh, basically an instantaneous 20% payment. <laughs> Exiled has, has an interesting uh, rumor, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it to you guys to read it. Okay, we're at the bottom of the chat. Um, let's see a few, few folks typing. Yeah, Austin, that's an interesting uh, comment from Austin, uh, which, which goes back again to, to the decentralization aspect of it. Um, would Beanstalk want to consider what, what assets does it whitelist? Would, would you want to whitelist, um, you know, centralized, I guess, uh, um, assets or assets that are, you know, could, could be censored? Definitely not. Right. And in fact, that's one of the reasons to have a three curve pool as opposed to a USDC pool or a USDT pool. It's because of that increased level of censorship resistance through the three curve layer. Now, it's not to say that USDC or USDT couldn't uh, blacklist three, the three pool such that three curve is, is dead. Uh, but the risk of that happening seems to be much less likely than the risk of uh, the Beanstalk contract getting blacklisted, for example. So it's all relative, uh, but the concept is, in general, the DAO making sure that the composition of assets in the, in the DAO are uh, decentralized, censorship-resistant. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know the best way to describe it, but good assets, assets that the DAO is comfortable uh, holding exposure to, to some extent, or using... Uh, to derive the value of beans from, in a large extent, these are very important questions. Agreed. Eth Wallet asks, you know, a friend of his would love to have a bean visa card. Can we imagine one day, and, and maybe not an actual visa card, but just like a card that can be used, you know, to buy things using beans uh, in in the, in real life? God willing. I mean, if that's not the case, then this probably isn't going very far. So at some point, the hope is for that to certainly be the case. And in the not too distant future, I think there was like a UST, a way to spend UST on a, on a card or something. I don't know, but I assume it's possible. Yeah. Um, Terra had, had that, which, which was Chai. And um, from my understanding, they used KRT uh, in Korea, and then you could use it, you know, 
um, in your day to day. And, and there are many other uh, startups or, or or DAOs, let's say, that are working on 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 you know cards uh, that basically can use crypto. Uh, BlockFi has something similar, if I'm not mistaken, that's on Bitcoin or or, or something of, of that sort. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it's just rewards, but you don't actually use Bitcoin. Uh, but but you know we've seen uh, Bitcoin being used as well, and and many you know uh, with vendors in, in real life as well. So one day that 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 is a possibility, or hopefully you know that will happen. <laughs> Mr. Manifold is asking why is the binary is pumping during the DAO call. Animal spirits, I guess. Yeah. We're almost at like nine mil. Crazy. Yeah. Salon is asking, is the VC money in? Um, I don't have that answer. Um, I'm understanding that Publius will not be commenting on, you know, um, on money or funding, uh, the understanding is that the, the VC money they will be deploying it, you know, as they as they please. Some of it may have already been deployed. Uh, maybe all of it is, or you know, is still going on or being deployed throughout the boundaries. But they they will do it uh, at the pace that they, you know, prefer. And Syncubit has a, an interesting theory on why is it pumping today. Okay, I think uh, we, we, we're at the end of it here. We might give it two more minutes if someone wants to add in, you know, any last questions. JWW is asking, "How was uh, Graph Day? It, it was, it was, it was a great. Uh, I, I was there uh, in person, so that was that was a great experience. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't recorded because uh, uh, it was it was for the for the hackers. Uh, it wasn't on the on the main stage uh, uh, event, um, but otherwise went quite well, and it was it was it was a great experience." Okay, I think I think this is the end of it. Uh, Publius, do you have anything to close with? No, just uh, it's exciting to have uh, something running back on mainnet again this week, and looking forward to uh, getting this bad boy replanted. Agreed. Thank you everyone for joining. I'll see you guys uh, in next class.